Hello, everybody out there. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is another episode of Fried Squirms, where we're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies, like, every time. God, we've been doing this for a while now, so just assume this is what we do every time at this point. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? This week, Frontiers. Do, do you pronounce it, like, Frontiers? There's an S on it. There's so, an yeah. S. There's still an S. It's just a separated S. Right, right, right. So it's either or. Either, yeah. It's a frontier or it's a frontiers. Yeah, it could be multiple. <laughs> anyway, that's what we're getting to this week. Before we get there, we got to get to the get stone part. Like, what good is doing this without getting to our green hits? So, Danny, what have I already smoked, like, a quarter <laughs> of and, like, let go out so I'd have some left for this segment? Yeah, no worries. So, <clears throat> stop by over at Flower. And picked up some lemon lava, which is a sativa strain, which is nice. So with that being said, it is crossed the delicious lemon heads and lava cake strains. It is known for its delicious flavor, you know, hence its name. Now, the flavors on this are citrus, of course, fruity, lemon, sour, sweet. Aroma is pretty much the same. Now, the numbers, this is, we've talked about this several times. Now, for those who are curious, it's like 28% on the THC. The terpenes on this is actually really cool. It's about 1.68% in the mm. terpenes. The terpenes that make up the prolific side of the uh, the profile include the uh, beta-myrcene, the delta-limonene, hence, you know, the lemon flavor. You also get some of the linalool, and uh, you also get some of the myrcene as well. So with that being said, one of the things that caught my eye, which is really neat, I was like, well, on here it shows like, you know, 27.19% on the THC, Mm-hmm. But overall, it's 28.24. But this is the one that caught my eye was the CBGA, which I was just mentioning to you off mic. But the cool thing about this one is it's considered the mother of all cannabinoids, right? And said, without this, you wouldn't really get THC or CBD. So it's called a cannabigerolic acid, hence the CBGA. It is known for helping with people who have IBD, like inflammatory bowel disease, it's also noted for helping with diabetes. It's also noted for helping with metabolic disorders, also with colon cancer cells. It's a neuroprotectant as well, neuroinflammation. So it's got a lot of really cool, interesting like properties in terms of health properties. So oh, yeah. like I said, it's really interesting to know that too. So anyway, just kind of nerding out on that side. I like it. It's, uh, I mean, hell, it's, it's a sativa, has limonene. It's good to go. Oh, yeah. Well, I also went to flower like we do 90% of the time for this <laughs> podcast, yeah. it seems like. Yo, not my fault. They're both close and have good product. What am I going to do? I'm not complaining. What am I going to do? <laughs> when I went, they didn't have lemon lava in the J's. They had two strains. One, I hadn't seen them have in six packs before. I can't even remember the name of it. But I think it might have been one of the high CBD strains because I know that we've we've said over and over again that like THC content isn't everything, but it was also only testing at like 17 percent. And I was like, it's been a while since I bought something with that low of THC. So the other one is what I brought in, brought it in a number of times before testing it at 33.88 percent from flour is uh, Motor Breath. Hell yeah, Motor Breath's a good one. 
Uh, like I said, we've brought it up on the show before. Cross of Chemdog and OG Kush. It's called Motor Breath because it's nice and fucking diesel-y. It's a little bit of citrus in there. And I still love the description on Leafly because this is the one that's, but novices should be aware of its potent effects. And yeah, I'd say so. Like I've always enjoyed when I've gotten motor breath from him. Always seems to fucking light me up. So I'm all about that diesel and that gas. Relaxed, euphoric, happy. You're smoking weed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're smoking weed. So that's our green hits. I'd like to remind everybody to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fried squirms. At the very lowest level, you could have got this episode last week. You move up a level, you got our exclusive episodes. You move up a level beyond that, you got access to the Discord. You could be talking to us right now while we're fucking doing the show. How dope would that be? It's pretty dope. I mean, let's be real. Some of you know how to get a hold of us anyway, and you could be yeah. talking to us anyway. But you know what? While we're recording... We're not going to respond to you. <laughs> not unless you're hitting us up on the Discord. Yeah, I do that. During this time, it's blacked out. I don't care if you text me. Sorry. Sorry, Jesse. Sorry, Marquand. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hit us up on the Discord. Sorry, Steven, because you literally know exactly when we fucking record because of the amount of times you've been adjacent to this show. Anyway, that's beside the point. Patreon.com slash squirms. Let's get into the guts and bolts of Frontiers. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts. Who and what went in the making of this flick? Spoiler free. Give you an idea of what you're getting into here. A spoiler free setup for the movie is a group of criminals use the backdrop of political unrest in France to get away with a bank heist things go wrong at the very end forcing them to split up and meet at their established safe hotel spot only as they get there they find out it might not be as safe as they thought i like it <laughs> i think it's as safe as you're going to get without spoiling anything so there's okay. a different description i really want to give but i'm right. going to save that Oh, no worries. No, no worries. We'll spill and spill all the beans mm -hmm. in the next section. So from week to week, we do talk about the cast and crew. And this week, it's actually a gentleman we talked about before. He is the director and writer, and I'm talking about Xavier Gens. Now, we talked about him back on episode 214. He did the segment X is for XXL for the ABCs of Death. That was the chick cutting her, all her fat off, right? Right, exactly. He's also the director of Hitman. Some people might know him for the films The Divide, The Crucifixion, Cold Skin, and Budapest. All right, our cinematographer on this is Laurent Barres. We've actually talked about him way back on episode 51 because he was the DP on Inside. No shit. Okay. Yeah. All right, he's also the DP for the films Hitman, The Divide, Livid, The Most Assassinated Woman in the World. All right, we have editor Carlo Rizzo. He's also the editor on Hitman, Transporter 3, The Divide, and Budapest. Music was composed by Jean-Pierre Taib. He was the composer for High Lane, The Divide, and Budapest. Uh, special effects were BR Films. This was produced by Laurent Toleron. Production companies were Cartel Productions, BR Films, Europa Corp, Pacific Films, and Kemen Vert. 
distributor was Europa Corp Distributors for the theatrical release. This was back in 2007 and 8, and that was worldwide. Had a couple of different release dates. The first one was July 1st, 2007 at the Agde Film Festival in France, and January 23rd, 2008 in France. All right, budget was about an estimated $3 million, grossed about $2.8 million worldwide, and there's two taglines, one up old, where some lines should not be crossed, which is kind of big, okay. but, you know, it fits, it fits. All right, we've got a uh, pretty interesting cast. I'm going to lead off with Karina Testa, who plays the role of Yasmin. A few films of note from her. She was in the films Dolls and Angels. She was in the film Shadow. She was in the film Switch in a film called Le Touche. All right, we have Estelle Lefebvre. She plays the role of uh, Gilberta. Uh, now, this is kind of interesting. She was in a music video. The music video's title was called Too Funky by George Michael. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's I was like, oh, that's really cool. All right, now she was in the film Chrysalis. She was also in the film All About Actresses, and she was in the television series Crossing Lines back in 2013. All right, we have Aurelien Vick, who plays the role of Alex. A few films a note from him. He was in the film Chaos, a film entitled A Man and His Dog. Another film called Gins, also known as Stranded. Uh, another film called Somewhere and Blood Sugar Baby. All right, we have Somewhere Le Blood Bihon. Sugar Baby, Sex Magic. Yeah. <laughs> sex Magic. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. All right, yeah. Samuel Le Bihon, he plays the role of Gertz. I think you're going to find this interesting. He was in a film called Three Colors, the segment Red. He was in Jet Set, but the one I want to know. Oh, wait. I know it. Yeah, go for I it. I actually know it. He's in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yes, he is. That's really cool. All right, he's also in a film entitled Mazarin, Public Enemy Number 1, and he's also a part of Dolls and Angels. All right, we have David Saracino, plays the role of Tom. He was in an episode of Highlander, the television series, back no in 1998. Shit. Yeah, he sure was. Guess what? I definitely saw it. I, I watched all up, of Highlander. I looked to see what episode, like, title it was. I can't remember because I didn't write it down, but... Do I remember anything about that show? Honestly, the episode <laughs> I remember most is one of the worst ones, and it's the one with Mark Singer. <laughs> fucking it happens. Beastmaster as a fucking immortal living up in the woods using an axe to fight <laughs> Duncan McLeod. That can be only one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So David, or David, is probably how I says his name, is also in the film The Code. He was in The Da Vinci Code. He's also in the films His Mother's Eyes, Urban Cannibal, and Ultimate Zombie Fest. All right, we have Kem Stamani, plays the role of Farid. He was also in the film Dolls and Angels. He was in the film From Paris with Love, the film Point Blank. And he was also in the segment X is for XXL in the ABCs of Death. Mm. All right, we have Adel Bansharif. He plays the role of Sami. He was in the film Paris Jatem. He was in the film A Prophet, Point Blank. And he was in the 007 film Spectre. All right, we have Maud Fergett. She would play the role of Eva. I looked at most of her film credits. They're all French. So unless you watch French TV or French cinema, I didn't know any of them. I looked, I tried, I didn't know any of them. All right, we have Amélie Doré. She plays the role of Claudia. She was in a film entitled Francesca, which was a TV movie. I looked it up. It was directed by Michel Suave. It was a gentleman we've talked about because he was in opera. And he was a director of Cemetery Man. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, oh. Oh, that's fucking wild. That's kind of neat. Yeah, and she was also a part of the film Budapest. All right, we have a few other people in this film. We have Rosine Feve. She plays a mother. She was in the film The Woman in the Fifth, which actually a really interesting cast. I looked at it. That's the only one of note, but it has 
a really interesting cast. All right, we have Joël Lefrançois, who plays the role of Hans. Uh, he was in a film entitled Monte Carlo. We have uh, Patrick Lagarde. He plays the role of Carl. He was in the film Hitman and a film entitled Goal of the Dead. Looked kind of interesting, man. Hmm. And last but not least, we have Jean-Pierre Juris. He plays the role of Van Geisler. And he was in an animated film entitled Gandahar in the 80s, and he voiced Transformé, hmm. which actually has like Christopher Plummer and a bunch of other American cast members oh, who did the English like you know, right. dubbing of it. So Interesting. But yeah, that rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us a setup. Should give us some warnings, man. Okay, first warning. This is our spoiler-free section until right now because this <laughs> yeah. is one of those films we can't give we proper to, warnings yeah, for without some. spoiling some shit. The first warning should be this is one of the fucking new French extremity movies. So, like, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't dig on Martyrs or Inside when we were talking about those fucks or Calvaire even though that's more Belgian. Yeah, but I mean, it still fits in that mm-hmm. little mold. It, even like raw, you could say, even though it's like a little bit later, later, but, right, but but it still fits in that mold. Then, like, this ain't going to be for you. This is not going to be your jam. <laughs> so that being said, like, I think the big one to give away is cannibalism. Yes. Yeah, we do have to give that away. So there's that. I mean, that doesn't really spoil anything, but it does come up. I don't, there's a, just a lot of violence and gore. Yeah, there's man. violence, gore. You can't help but say that. Um, I mean, there's um, some talk about female violence, a lot of female violence. A lot this. of female violence, talk of child sexual abuse. Right. They don't say it there's like a, that, but, right, but when it, you put together what's going on. Like, yeah, there's a lot of implied things. There's even like implied incest. sodomy, incest. I mean, it's mostly going to be the blood and gore in this one, I yeah. think. Yeah. There, and there's, there's some big poo. chunky There's a little blood. bit of poo in this. Yeah. A little bit of poo. Some rather uncomfortable forced feeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Oh, there's some... Uh, oh, I know what we're forgetting. Some body horror. There's some I body know horror. what we're forgetting. Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. So... That How did we forget much. the Nazis? Yeah. <laughs> Last but not... Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely in there. But yeah, I think... That's that's a good enough warning, right? I think we so. I mean, you. if you made it this far, for sure. Whatever. You guys are used to this shit. You just <laughs> want to hear us talk about this movie. So let's find out how Frontiers made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? Pain. The final frontier. I just wanted to do that after I thought of it while stoned. No, I like it. Yeah. If we had, like, an intro for this show, I would have done it then. But Stone track. As it is. All right, Frontiers, how did it make us squeal? This is the fourth new French extremity we've done. Right, if you do, can you know, which I would. I would I consider, consider Calvera. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I consider Calvera as well. So, yes, I would say this would be the fourth entry. Which leaves us, what, like, one more that's relevant to this podcast? Feels, there's maybe one other that is considered, perhaps, like the progenitor of, of this genre that goes back to the 90s but that's more of a topic of debate mm-hmm. more so than like what this is because this is more like what you were saying the new French extreme when you say new it was this mid 2000s and also we're not necessarily considering like we're not going to go near irreversible I was going to say there's irreversible and like Bois Moi and films like that that I want they're not horror films dude no no they just they're horrific. They have horrific they're, shit yeah, in they're it. Yeah, they're horrific. They're, yeah, they're not horror films. 
but I don't need to watch Monica Bellucci get raped for however no. fucking long that scene goes on. No. I used to own that film. It has some... It's a gnarly film. Yeah. But yeah, I don't need to see that either. Anyway, Frontiers. I'm sure we're going to get to Ills before too long. <laughs> I'm surprised it took us this long to get to Frontiers. I mean, you know, we would eventually get around to it, and here we are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but it has been a while since we've kind of explored this realm. I mean, sadness teed us up. It did. And like, spoiler alert, we're, we're keeping in this vein next week. <laughs> Ooh, yes. But I had never seen this before. You had seen it, right? I'd seen it one time previous, and it was a few years back. And I want to say it's because Shudder had some of the French Extreme at the mm. time. And uh, it gave right. me an excuse. I remember almost watching it on there, and then I just never got to it. I had seen it. the cover so many different times, and I was like, I finally relented and gave in and watched it. And, you know, I was like, okay, I can see definitely why it fits in that realm. Yeah, so this being my first time, I will say, like, my short version, my short review, my short How Did It Make Me Squeal, <laughs> this is maybe the most fun of the French extremes we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, I know that's a subjective term, but yeah, I mean, you could say, you could say fun. <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Like, it, yeah, fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, uh, that's a weird thing to say about this movie. But no, I mean, but, as far as, I know, maybe the experience. Right. The ride that you're going well, along. Well, like, Martyrs and Inside are both heavy as shit. Yeah, they are. Calvaris is fucked. Yeah, Calvaris is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, it doesn't... Uh, you could argue that it's also fun, but I think it's too weird to be standard fun. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's more unsettling, and you're kind of laughing, but it's more because you don't know what else to do. And Yeah, because you are, like you said, it. you're unsettled. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... What's the other one? What am I missing? I mean, like, maybe raw, but... Right. But no, that's, that's basically the four. <clears throat> you know, like this being the fourth. Yeah, but this one is it's more action-y than the others. It keeps on a crazy pace. And here's the description I wanted to say at the beginning, but it gives way too much away. Yeah. French Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And we all know how fun Texas Chainsaw Massacre is. Yes. So it does borrow from that and... It also, I won't say relies, but it does really, really, really lean on the heavy overtones of xenophobia and racism mm -hmm. in France. But not just in France, but in Europe, specifically around this time period. Which, right. it's interesting because, you know, us being Americans, sometimes there's certain, you know, like certain social commentaries that we might not be quite um, attuned to, per se. But I knew a little bit about this, mostly because of uh, soccer, mm -hmm. football. <laughs> yeah, and it gets pretty nasty over there. Well, it's one of those weird things about Europe, too, because we usually think of it as being a bit more advanced than us in a lot of ways, socially, because it is. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they are in a lot of ways, and then there's also... But there's like also the this under... weird undercurrent where yes, they still we're... fucking suck just as bad as us in some oh, ways. Oh, yes. If not worse. Yeah, because... And I don't want to say because it's the, but unfortunately, I think people have a propensity to want to identify with certain groups, mm -hmm. and that brings out the worst in people sometimes. And uh, in this case, it's exaggerated, of course, because it's a movie, but it still highlights the fact that this does exist. What I do like about this movie is, if you want to, 
you can kind of just turn your brain off and ignore the background. You know what I mean? Because it is kind of just Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. With a weird, with a different setup. You get the social commentary by paying attention to what's going on in the news Mm -hmm. and then paying attention to who your villains are. Yes. And then just looking at who our protagonists are in Mm -hmm. the film. Yeah. Our antagonist and yeah, the social current. Here's the thing. Like there's, there's a commentary going on. But it's pretty fucking spelled out, too. Like, we don't have to sit here and make guesses. The news, no, it's pretty obvious. the only clips we're getting is forcibly shutting down protests, uh, far-right governments being installed. Yeah. There's fucking riots on the streets because the French know how to riot like a motherfucker. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Which is funny, man. I, I want to say voting. Ha-ha. It's, I think it's a really interesting thing to know because I find it kind of contradictory when... You hear the anecdote of, like, you know, the French are pacifists and, you know, always run away from wars or whatever. But then they're ready to fucking throw, like, firebombs and shit at the government buildings. And oh, whatnot. dude, they're ready to throw <laughs> down with the government. Yeah, I mean, the French Revolution, if anybody knows, then you know, you know, mm-hmm. enough said. But I, I think they get a bad rap for for that side of thinking. But then you have this other, like, oh, wait, but wait a minute. Like mm-hmm. you said, they know how to riot. So, which is it? <laughs> right, which is it? Yeah, those motherfuckers go to town when it's... Oh, yeah, it's like, we could use a little bit of that. Yeah, no shit. That's just what, what going was on. going on in the And film, then you yeah. contrast it with who the actual characters are, which is, I mean, one of the guys for sure is Muslim. Are they oh. all? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think it's implied that they all are I think are the Muslim. idea is they all yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting captured by fucking Nazis. Right. And which is like, uh oh. <laughs> so what what do you Instead think of being happens? fucking Texan cannibal hillbillies. Yeah, no, these are Nazi These are European French Nazi yeah. cannibals. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Because grandpa was a big old Nazi. Yo, yeah, it was, man. Is? Is yeah, he still is. Didn't Lay down that baton. Mm-hmm. Hell no for that bastion. But yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Like I said, that you're you're having these two things going on, which a one you've already said it's spelled out with the social commentary. But then, as horror fans and recognizing Genz's influences, you're like, oh well, you can definitely see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and these characters. It's just how they're used. Yeah, you know. Which makes this film a lot of fun because it does highlight the gory bits, you know, and I think that makes it interesting. I think even the characters, they're relatable and they're exaggerated. So some of it's like, you know, it's going to get them in trouble, like the sex and Mm -hmm. which if you're going to think about it from their religious aspect, you know, it's like haram. (laughs) They're doing shit they're not supposed to be doing. Right. You know, like eating pork and having sex out of wedlock and all this other stuff. Now, in hindsight, that's not pork. Yeah, no, it's not. It's long I mean, it's pig. long pig, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, quote, quote, quotes. But yeah, exactly. In hindsight, that's long pig. Ooh, so which is, ro- which is worse? Right? Ah, man, I think I'd rather be eating on a pig if I'd have to, if I had the choice. I'm not trying to eat on you, bro. <laughs> so it kind of occurred to me that I think I kind of just like Texas Chainsaw as a genre. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen a number of films do their own spin on it, and it's still very obviously what's going on. Right. And if you know 
Because this that story, then you're, I won't say you're gonna know it, you know, all the way through the end, but it's gonna carry out a certain feel. Because like House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yep, yep. It's Texas, Rumadara. Yes, we've noted that too. The thing is, though, like they've all done it a little bit differently. Found ways to put a spin on it. Fucking this one does it a great job of it. I think I it's really, fun. really like this movie. I think it's fun. It does some things that, like I said, that are fun. For me, there's a, there's a few things that are kind of like on the nose, you know. Yeah. But um, I think for the genre's sake, it, it still gives you the goods. Mm-hmm. You know, it still plays on the final girl trope and things like that. There's certain things I do like really appreciate about this film, and there's certain things where it's like, um, yeah, it's like I I get what he's doing with the homage and stuff like that. I just uh it's a know. bit it's a bit spot on at times. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like ah if you, if you know then you know like how it's kind of kind of play out. But I do like how they what I'm getting is the playing out part is how they do it is what's effective and what makes it unique. And like for instance there's there's a shot that I noticed that it's not unique to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or anything like that. I don't even think they're using it in that film, but it's just like the mirror shot. Like, mm. anytime I've noticed a character looking at themselves in the mirror or it has a reflection of somebody and it's splintered or it's like, it's kind of spelling some shit out to right. you, you know? And it's like, at this point, to me, it just, it's inferring that there's either a split or a divide in the character themselves, like they're going some, through some crisis, or they're having a split or a divide in the relationship with whatever else character or characters in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I mean... Yasmin and her boyfriend are having that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. That should tell you what's going to happen. Well, and... Ooh. Even the... Like, once well, because later on in the film, though, we get the exposition from Ava through a discussion they're having while looking into the mirror together. See what I mean? <laughs> so... And so I, you know what side Ava ends up on. I, I like it in Eva? that sense because anyway. it, it does tell... A story within the frame, you know, and if I think if you pick up on it, it helps with what they're trying to say and, and kind of like helps you understand what's about to play out, too. So I, I'm starting to catch on that a little bit. But there is a lot. There's a line I really like in this, man. It kind of fits you and I. So, you know, like you were saying, it starts off with this political unrest writing. They when I say they are protagonists that we get introduced to. One of them gets shot, which is Sammy. The yeah. brother of Yasmin. And we also learn that she's pregnant. Right. And she and Alex are, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. It looks like they're going through a little, little couple shit. And then their friend Tom and Farid are also a part of the heist. So they're escaping, going to Frontier. And they, when I say they, when they get split up, Farid and Tom go to, was it Docville or whatever it is, where they go to the inn. That's what eventually leads them to. But on okay, the ride, right. but on the ride, those two, they're smoking joints. Right. And there's a line that they say, or exchanges of lines. I was like, I like what they say, because this is kind of clever writing. And so Tom is like, he's like, okay, that's my last joint. And Freeze is like, you know, liar. <laughs> he's okay, my second last. They're the last maximum. <laughs> I was like, that. that's some shit I would definitely say, or we would definitely say. It's pretty funny. I had to write down <laughs> joints or spliffs. Oh, me? Are no, they no, no, them? them. Oh, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it was spliffs. I think it was probably spliffs. Yeah, it would not surprise me one bit. It would be, yeah. I don't want to say it was spliffs. None of the French, yeah, mm-hmm. spliffs. Yeah, yeah. 
And not for me and you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of spliffs. Me either. No, I'm good, bro. I mean, if that's what's around. Right. I mean, that's, if that's all that's around. But yeah, I don't perhaps. know why that's all that's around. Uh, I know. Come on. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never been in a situation where that's all that's around that I can think of. Maybe once, because I know that I have smoked a spliff, and that's the only situation where I would. But Yeah, I mean, that's been a long time for me. But, yeah, no thanks. Right before they were off smoking spliffs, we get the little bit at the hospital. And the second time around, it stood out to me the contrast between what Sammy wants for Yasmin and her family and how he's like, I don't fucking care about family. Like, you go do you and have the baby and, yeah, like, have a good live life. life. Which is completely opposite from what the situation she's thrown into for the rest of the movie. Wow, no kidding, right? Where they're literally trying to force her into a situation where she's serving the family. She's like a broodmare at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. But the second time around, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that's weird. Because he has some very select lines where it's... yeah. Like, legit the exact opposite of what her situation is for the rest yeah, I, of the that's, movie. that's the contrast yeah, mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Exactly. So there's some clever writing, you know, and I think for the genre, right, if you're going to do something like this and uh, still keep it kind of unique within that frame, is it, it, it doesn't hurt, like you were saying. There's so many good films, and there's another one I can think of. We haven't reviewed yet, but I also want to reserve mm-hmm. saying what that mm-hmm. film is. But, there, yeah, there's some films that do this really clever with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as, like, the model, or the at least, like, the, the framework. And, yeah, once you're in the end and once things kind of go awry and you know it, yeah, this is where this film kind of gets really interesting. And there's some things I, I kind of have some questions about. <laughs> like, my guy, are you really howling? Not only, not only that, but... <laughs> Shit. It's like, but what's, really, what's up with these kids? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they, they have like this descent kind of thing going on. Right. But how, how are they really this? The kids in the mines. Yeah, it's like, how are they really this incest deformed or whatever? They're not really incest because that girl was brought in to the family. Right. So she's not part of the family outside of them bringing her in. I, I almost feel like, I mean, you mentioned the descent, but almost like it's supposed to be a weird very subtle call out to maybe like the hills have eyes that too for sure for sure if they, i mean especially if they're following that 70s motif yeah because that's that's the thing like this is very much texas chainsaw massacre but i feel like all of the family is better fleshed out than they were in the first chainsaw massacre and they're a lot more akin to, like, the way we saw the family interact in The Hills Have Eyes. It's on the point. Yeah, it's like a combo of the both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that because, yeah, you can Which, feel it. Which, I mean, cannibals living out in the middle of nowhere. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of similarities there anyway. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. Like, so this is a good setting for it. And it works because I'm going to be honest with you. How much do you know about the French countryside? Yeah, not much. <laughs> Same here. That's okay now, like... I don't know dick all about. So if you were to drop me off in the middle of any French countryside, yeah, I'm fucked. I know that I'll have to drive less time to get back to civilization than I would if you dropped me off in the middle of the Montana countryside. Oh, my good Lord. Yeah, no thanks, man. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. And that's only because this state is fucking gigantic. 
Right. Yeah, this <laughs> it's stupid big. <laughs> it's yeah, it's wild. But that's kind of how I feel. Like it makes sense when you use it in this kind of framework. That's what I'm getting at. It's like, all right, as a foreign audience, and and, and here's what's interesting too, right? Not only as a foreign audience, but they're they're relying on quote unquote foreign people which they're not I mean mm-hmm. you know these people You when I say these people the characters in the film like Yasmin and Alex and all these other guys they're either immigrants they're either Islam and I put the three eyes in the film or they're being integrated into society right and mm-hmm. this is how the family are looking at them they're looking at them as others so I think it's interesting too to watch it as a, you know a foreign film lover <laughs> Kind of in in this context, too, because how would you be viewed in this framework? Right. You know, like if you were dropped off in the same situation, would you be hanging up in the the freaking barn? (laughs) You know what I mean? Speaking of hanging up in the barn, like I kind of loved it, but the the fucking meat hook call out was one of those bits where I'm like, normally shit happening to somebody's like Achilles tendon like that would have me squirming. In this case, I was just like, oh, look, it's the fucking meat hook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, it's no longer having its intended effect because it's no. too on the nose. Too familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too familiar. I agree with that. I mean, I get it. It's it's for the effect. And it was cool. Like, I'm happy it was in there because it made like, me happy to see. No, exactly. But it didn't it's, have it's, its intended effect. It's like, yeah, it's a nod. And that's okay. No, no, I, I know what you're saying. And maybe for others it did. Maybe for others it was effective. I'm okay with that. It's subjective anyway. But I, I know exactly what you're saying, though. Same thing. It's like, I, I know what they're trying to do. I know what they're doing. Something else I realized I missed the first time through, and it's still super fucking easy to miss the second time, when they start getting it on with the chicks. What's her name? Main, main chick. Um, uh, Gilberta. Gilberta. Yeah, you only get to see see it for like half a second, but she definitely is rocking a Nazi back tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That's solid, man. I think there are like little hints. Mm-hmm. Right, and they are easy to miss. Two things stood out to me very positively about this movie. One is, this is a movie that does a good job of ringing a lot of deaths out of a limited cast. It's solid. Pretty nice. Yeah, a lot of good deaths. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're pretty solid. Well, it had me worried for a second when you get like, I don't know, like 30 minutes into the movie and already one of your like four protagonists is dead. Like, um, okay, now what? And, like, the rest of them are captured. Yeah. It does make you, like, wonder where they're going to go with this, yeah. But they do a, a good job of using that little setting to carry all this mayhem out. And we've seen this done in a couple ways, like, just to bring up Rumadara again, they find a way to realistically just bring in more people to get killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which works. It does. But yeah, this I, one, they're just I, like, nope, fuck it. We're just going to fuck the family up, too. It's like everybody's going to get some shit. And I'm like, I'm cool with this, because they're all a bunch of Nazi shitheads. <laughs> right, you're not supposed to sympathize with these characters, <laughs> man. They're pieces of shit. So I, I think that does lend a tan, because like last week when we talked about the sadness, it was a little bit hard to pull for who you could say were the protagonists in that film. But in this mm-hmm. case, because... There's more relatable things going on. Like Yasmin, she's pregnant and, you know, she's dealing with her relationship and losing a brother and her parents and all, you know, so there's all these relatable things that, you know, you somebody, somebody could latch on to something like that. Right. Relate to something. Like, I know somebody who's 
So that's what I'm getting at. It's like, whereas in the other films, it's kind of like, ah, I don't really care. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me where I was like, oh, that was good the way that they did this. And it's mostly because it stood in contrast to other shit that we've seen. A lot of the tension in this style of... I mean, it's kind of a style of slasher, really. We've talked about that before with, like, Leatherface and shit. Is It's kind of a slasher. Right, right. And it's kind of a home invasion, except it's not your home. But it's still a home invasion. And that's the thing. Like, usually a lot of the tension is that you're stuck there in this place with that family. They're hunting you down on their home turf. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, the odds are stacked against you. And it was neat because this movie stretched that taffy a little bit in a neat way where they let two of the characters, we know that they don't get away, get away because they fall down into the mines, but they kind of effectively get away for a good like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Right. They do. You're right. They, they get away from the, the serious like breathing down their neck tension. Yeah. It's like biting right at their neck or chomping at the neck. You know, they have, they have breathing room. They're just trying to put further space between them and their attackers. Normally would break the tension. Normally, that's something we see in, like, the American version of Inside, where suddenly she's outside the house. Yeah, like, what? Why? But this movie did a great job of keeping the tension up because the group was split. Even though they got out, we know that their friends are heading back to the house. And we know what's waiting for them at the house. Right. Yeah, so as an audience member, we're ahead of the next group, like, the split group. With so, Alex and Yasmin. So even though the tension's off for those two, it doesn't leave the tension off for the audience. No. If and anything, it's heightened because you're like, oh shit, what are they going to run into? Like, Well, that's what I think is interesting too about this film. You're right. It, is, it keeps us guessing as on an audience of, are they really free, those two? Right? Mm-hmm. Because we've already mentioned in the background, we already know the other two are in danger. Just <laughs> showing up, they're in danger. Whereas these two... What we'll learn soon is that they face two new sets of dangers all mm-hmm. within the family. But anyway, I know I'm being elusive. But the whole point being is, you're right, it keeps that tension up throughout. It doesn't let go. It, it stood, like I said, in stark contrast to, like, the American inside. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Where it broke all tension at the end of the movie by having like, a home invasion that? where she's outside of the house for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah, but you know, we had to see. We had to see for ourselves. The kills were fucking good. I mean, some of them weren't super inventive. Like, dude just gets fucking whacked in the head and his throat cut later, but it I mean, looked it was, fucking it good. It was quick. Yeah, and surprising. I didn't think he was going to pop out of the hole. Just fucking. I got fucked. Uh, Farid gets melted. I, know, I was about to say, the weird thing, like, I had, like, actual thoughts that I was writing down in the first half of the movie. The last half of the movie, I was just keeping note of the kills. Like, oh, that was dope. Oh, that was dope. Like, Yeah. Uh, for me, which, even the way back when, when I first watched this, like, I don't know, two or three years ago, like, way back when, <laughs> the death with Hans and Yasmin, where she, like, hits him with the, the hatchet, the axe in the foot. Oh, yeah. And then... <laughs> he basically lands on that uh, table saw and just gets fucked. It was fucking it's chunky. Yeah, oh, it's, it's good. I yeah, love I mean, that. I'll give her credit. I mean, <laughs> thinking about uh, how she has to perform in that you know that moment, 
And then after the carnage, how she has to like sell, like what she's going through. It's pretty interesting, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like knowing that they're acting, mm-hmm. but also I have to emote and show like this is fucking great. I was like, they, they do a good job of making it feel realistic. Like this is some carnage and just bonkers shit. Like all within less than what six, eight, ten, twelve hours, however long they're there. Right. Not very long. Her past 12 hours have been insane. That's what I'm saying, like half a day. Because bank robbery, that they escape through the carnage of a riot. Yes, that's the first series of events that sets us off. Her brother dies. Yes. All her friends, including her boyfriend, dies. Horrifically, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Not very much exceptions to that rule. And she's been having to fight for her life. And... Ever since. And the, yeah, and, and you know, the child in the womb or whatever at that stage. But And if she doesn't escape, she's being set up just to be the new Nazi leader's fucking broodmare. Yeah, essentially, just to keep the family going. Oh, what? Because the, the other little girl they abducted didn't work out, apparently. No, she was with, the, who was it? Hans. Hans. Yeah. But leather apron. As I kept writing him down, I'm like, he's leather face, but not. No, no. But, you know, they were kind of playing on that. And that's okay. He did a pretty decent job. They try to make you feel a little empathetic with him and and Ava, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because they were siring kids, which is kind of weird. But do you do you think her name was originally Ava? Mm, Probably not. That's probably what they gave her the name. Ava Brown. Ava Brown. Well, yeah, I could see that because of some of the references and stuff in this film, which is kind of interesting, you know? Like, for instance, they said, like, in this film, and you, anybody can look this up, which is kind of interesting, but it said that uh, when Von, Von Geisler uses those pliers on the back of Alex's leg, says he uses this, uh, the phrase, Arbat macht frei. Oh, God, I noticed that. Yeah. That was fucked up. Go ahead and tell the reference for people that doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, so it says uh, the phrase, it's loosely translated as work makes you free which is the infamous motto that was posted at the front of the concentration camps during the second world war and still hangs at the uh, Auschwitz concentration camp museum entrance today uh, which is pretty fucked up he's also whistles uh, Lely Marlene mm. which is a popular song in world war II in Germany during that time period and uh, he says mein Ehre heißt Trier which is my honor's uh, loyalty, which is the motto of the Nazi SS. Shit. He, th- he says, then he says, Severn wir doch Helden, which is, we were yet heroes. Which, yeah. Anyway, so little things like that, you know, like if if you speak those languages, but like, so once again, as a foreigner, unless you speak those languages or unless you know a little bit, it's completely like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But I mean, if you don't know he's a Nazi by now, a little too late. <laughs> Well, and that's one of the neat things about this is, because obviously I was watching subtitles. You were watching subtitles. I don't understand French. I could probably pick out little things here and there, but I don't know enough to, like, watch this film by itself. But even with the subtitles, they don't translate the German. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're right. They leave it just untitled. Yeah, unsubtitled. Because you're supposed to know what the characters know, and the characters don't know German. Right. Which, I think that's clever. I think that is clever. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, allows you to plant just fucking Oof. Easter eggs of Nazidom 
bad rotten Easter eggs, I guess. Yeah, rotten eggs. <laughs> but I mean, it, it informs a character. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Which, like I said, I think that's the clever aspect of using, you know, certain aspects of audio and the visual aspect of that, like leaving the visual aspect of the subtitles out. Like I said, to give it a little bit more brevity, make you feel like these characters are foreign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I do like that, man. I think it's interesting. Clever use of it. So how about that fucking head explosion? Pretty gnarly, huh? That was pretty Were good. Were you expecting that? No, I was not expecting I was expecting something to happen to him. I didn't think that she was going to go out how? quite yet. Yeah, I know, man. You got to give him props. They fucked that dude up. I was good with that. That was cool. Yeah, um, like the, the carnage is, is good in this film. I think the bit that I most didn't expect, though, because like, there's only so many things that could happen to him right there, mm-hmm. and I knew something was going to happen to him. Um, but, phew. The one that was surprising was I didn't expect her to fucking bite out that chunk of throat. Yeah, Gilberta comes back. Well, I didn't expect. I I totally forgot she even comes back after that explosion. I'm like, ain't no damn way. Dude, that fucking gunfight was so fucking wild. That had me laughing more than anything. I'm like, y'all bitches can't hit shit. Well, not only that. (laughs) Not only that. It does call into question for me a little bit of... Why would they be willingly like shooting up their place like that too? It's like you know, if you survive this, you gotta clean that shit up eventually. Look, and y'all can just like split a little bit. Yeah, there's two of you and one split. of her. Uh, well, like, yeah, they weren't thinking. They weren't thinking at all. I mean, and it's a film, so you know, whatever. Right. But still, that's beside the point. But also, I don't know. There's just some of the worst spray and pray of all time in this movie. It's people it's are missing from like. Well, all right. I do have a little bit of a problem in terms of like if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like Alex, anytime you see somebody holding a gun sideways, <laughs> they're not gonna hit anything. They're not hitting <laughs> shit, dude. You're not hitting anything. That's just that's all for looks. The only one that could aim was Ava. Yo, dude, yeah. I'd have her on my team. Yeah. Squad up in the back. Everyone else. Everyone yeah. else missed. She can ride shotgun. Every bullet? <laughs> I think you're right. Did anybody get winged? Or did every other shot in this movie miss? Oh, no, because um, Hans, Hans' shot hit. Yeah, I mean, he hit Von Geisler, right? Which, and... Um, was it Carl? Was it, was it Carl that shot Hans? Yeah. Yeah, people couldn't hit shit in this play. That's just funny. And they put a lot of fucking lead down range. Yeah. No, that the death I meant to say was like the Gertz. It was mm. Hans was Gertz who got on the fucking table saw... Oh, yeah, okay, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans, but yeah, Gertz, he gets fucked up. Hans is just like, you're supposed to like sympathize a little bit with him because of how Ava feels, but it's like, dude, he was still a killer. He was brutal. Yeah, they were chopping people up. They got no sympathy. He's for just that. the most dumbass of the brutal. Yeah, it's like you know, okay, he's Bubba. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's French Bubba. Bebe. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I don't know, man. I think I feel like they did a good job of it. I came away from this new French extremity film feeling better than I did oh. coming away from the others. Yeah, now this one still does have like a, you know, a very somber ending. Even though she gets away, she still has another plight to deal with after mm-hmm. the fact, after the credits that we never get to see, which is okay. I mean, that makes it subjective and makes you supposed to think outside the frame. And, you know. And I'm, I mean, the movie doesn't make very many bones about it. Like, no, it's not the director saying it's the same. 
Yes, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Far-right government has just been installed. I would imagine those cops are probably buddies with Carl. Mm-hmm. You know, because it looked like he was a cop who showed up. Right. To begin with. You know, and he's already espousing xenophobic and Islamophobic sentiments. So, uh, chance to reason, his body probably felt the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, back to blue. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the... The most subtle bit is the ending, but if you didn't catch what the rest oh, of the man, film was on. saying, yeah, it's like you've been saying at the end, <laughs> sleeping, dude. She's so, in the same situation. You know, I I did look up a little bit because I, I think in this curious. case the fake pickup was foreshadowing. It, it really was. I mean, that was pretty obvious, but that's okay. I like that because once again, it's telling you a story within that little framework mm-hmm. within that little segment. That's clever. I think that's the, one of those things in, in film that if you do it proper, it has a good payoff, you know. So uh, what I was getting is I, I was curious about what really was the public sentiment around that time period in France. Oh, right. right. What year was this? So this film came out in 2007. I would imagine it was probably filmed 2006, somewhere right. mid, late 2006. And anywho, I was wondering, okay, who was the president at the time and who was you know, what was going on in France. So right before they had um, Nicholas um, Sarkozy, they had... Um, Sarkozy before, was before, before Macron. Before, yeah, so before Sarkozy was Jacques Chirac. Right? Oh, Jacques okay, Chirac right. was one of the presidents who was trying to unify with, you know, immigration, and he just wanted France to be a whole. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know about his politics, at least that philosophy side, that's what he wanted. And Sarkozy, on the other hand, was the guy who I think they're probably alluding to coming into power because literally he came into power in 2007, right? Right. And here's something that's interesting about this. And this is coming from uh, OpenSocietyFoundations.org about like understanding z- xenophobia in, in French politics. So here's something interesting. It says, when former president... Nicolas Sarkozy referred to someone being of Muslim appearance and an elected official as being a Muslim prefect, says he was not alone in those thoughts. This tendency to blur religion, race, ethnicity, and origins and focus primarily on these aspects of individuals' presumed identity is widespread in France. Other characteristics such as social and local background, age or gender are usually ignored. So that was the sentiment with like a far-right right. movement is... Now, yeah, and it was more like, what's your religion, how you look, where are you, from? you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of shit. So it's like, ah, oh, I think that's what this film was alluding to at that time, that sentiment. Because Jacques Chirac was famous for telling George Bush that he wasn't getting France involved in Iraq. Right, I remember that. Yeah, so that's why he was kind of heralded in France for that. I, to be honest, Chirac and Macron are the two that I've only ever known the names of. I never heard anything about Sarkozy. Yeah, Sarkozy was kind of a piece of shit. They even said he was like um, into like perverted sexual stuff, and during his time and like the, um, you know, they like I won't say voluntary is uh, when you have to in like enroll to do military service in France. They said that he was like so fucking degenerate that he he was relegated to janitor duty. Mm. basically then he rose to power somehow through whatever channels so anyway that was my point is like knowing a little bit of that and not saying i'm an expert i just i don't know that's just a little bit of what i read i would imagine there was some sentiment from the director probably from the cast why they wanted to join on and it's like yeah this is probably what the sentiment was 
Well, I don't know what the cat looks like, but they probably showed him on TV at that clip where they're they're kicking back in their bed, talking about that fucking shithead on TV. Yeah, so it makes me, that's probably uh, who they showed. Wouldn't be surprising. Like I, I didn't pay enough attention to it, but it it makes me wonder. Even if they didn't say his name out loud or even like showed a clip, I'm I'm pretty sure that's who they were alluding to. Right. You know, considering so. I think that's interesting. It's nice to know a little bit about that. It helps a little bit with the background of this film to give it a little bit more brevity, I suppose, or like a little bit more foundation to stand on. Like mm-hmm. they're not just throwing around these sentiments. Like, no, there's there's a good reason why they put this in the film. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's bonafide. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why this film is a lot better than a lot of others that it's similar to, is that that's all legitimately there. You can also just turn that off and have fun with the precisely. It's like you don't have to read into that. It's like I just found that that was like an interesting mm-hmm. thing that was happening around that time, and just kind of curious. And not that it matters. It's like a little bit of French in high school, huh? Yeah. What little bit of learning mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't really carry over, but regardless, it was kind of neat. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think if I have anything else really to say about this, but it's kind of a simple one. No, like, like I said, you, you've already kind of hit the nail on the head. If you're a fan already of Martyrs and Inside and you know, Raw and Calavera, and you still haven't seen this one, I'd say, uh, go check it out. What are you doing? Check it out. This is the least thinky of all of those. It certainly is. This one, you can just... Not that you have to think much at inside, but it's religious doubling is really interesting to think about if you want to. Yeah, exactly. You can just ride it out for whatever it's worth to you, and you don't really have to think much about it if you don't want to. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, That goes for any film, for that matter, but... Yeah, this one, like you were said, I think this one's the least, the least heady of them all because it's already kind of rooted in the Texas Chinese Massacre and stuff like that. God, fun though. Yeah, no, I, I had a good it. time with it. I'm glad we finally got to it. Likewise, I'm curious about been, getting to Ills finally. 260 plus episodes, but we yeah, we finally got to it. So arguably, if we are we just ramping it up these three? Is that what we've been looking at? Because we got feel like a little bit. Because we had sadness last week, uh-huh. we did frontiers this week, and then next week, oof, we're going into a room, red room. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, we're not talking about David Lynch's red room. This is a whole different red room. I've never seen it. Unearthed flick. Yeah, it is Japanese. Okay, so shit's gonna get. Oh yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> shit's gonna get shit. Yeah. That being said, I think it's neat that we accidentally picked them in kind of ramping up order. <laughs> but it would have been great to have this flipped around with next week, considering what's coming up after that. Yeah, no, we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Because we're just a reminder so that y'all <laughs> might get interested in my pa- Patreon. Like, where'd you guys go? Our upcoming Patreon-only episode is going to be our look back at Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And yeah, like, what a coincidence that we were talking about. Yeah, that was not planned. Game. No, it really wasn't. It really was. It's just coincidental. But a happy coincidence. Hey, I'll take them. I mean, uh, how many times have we brought those up on this show? Right? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have so much fun watching that flick. I love that goddamn movie. Yeah, that's man, Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. We're looking at having a good time. Red Room, and then, like I said, check out the Patreon for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 Look Back. That's coming up in the next yeah, two episodes. Fun. But for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. 
Uh, we highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.